Yeah, something I considered a curse was when I told the world my truth only five years ago, I had a lot of friends, well-respected. I had a very big circle and about 98% of them left and bailed on me. Close friends, best friends, they all bailed. And I was considering that a curse, like this is a curse and you know I'm stuck with it and I've lost everything because of it. I've later found out that it's, it's a blessing when you become, when you step into your power and your truth and you're authentic and people who you thought loved you show their true colors and don't accept you and you realize their love was not unconditional, it was conditional love. They only loved you because you fit into their box. When you start to notice those types of friends leaving, that's the trash taking itself out. And I've been blessed to have the trash take itself out. Thanks for stopping by the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. I'm the host of the show, Sean Dustin. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. It's good to have you with us today. There are a couple of ways that you can help support the show. One of which is if you know somebody out there who would benefit family, friends from listening to the show or an episode in this show, send them over. I'd be happy to have them as listeners. Also, you can subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if I'm currently not available on the platform you listen to, send me an email and I will try to get added to it. I have merchandise available now, hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, and other items. This is another way you can help support the show and the show will get a portion of the proceeds. You can find direct links to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, merchandise, and anywhere else we are online at the bottom of the show notes. Go to the Linktree link, and that will take you to all the ways to connect to the show. I have one last thing. Up to about now, I've been taking out most of the ums and unnecessary filler words. Uh, I tend to say, you know what I mean, quite a bit, and I'll take some of those out. I'm not going to do that right now. Till I catch up with some of these episodes, I got plenty to get out and all of that editing is not going to make that happen. So hopefully that doesn't bother you. If it does, sorry, as soon as these ones, uh, as soon as I catch up on this, I'll go back to uh, the other way. In this episode, I'm talking to Sarah Weiss. Sarah is from Canada and she is the creator of SAS Boss, the brand. Sarah also just published her first book called Not Born This Way. Sarah is a reprogramming life coach at SAS Boss, as well as a certified NLP master practitioner, and is also a master distributor at crypto mining. And then also, Sarah is presenting in a different gender than she was born with. So yeah, she's a very interesting individual and it kind of touches a little bit on my life because my sibling is trans as well. I had a brother up until, you know, uh, some years back and now it's my sister Tiffany. So yeah, I have personal experience with this. So that's kind of why I wanted to have her on the show 
to talk about that and her life and, and how that's uh, played out. So without further ado, let's get to the show. This is a Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Dustin. Today, we are talking to Sarah Weiss from Canada, uh, our neighbors to the north. Uh, and she's actually the person behind the brand uh, Sass Boss. Is that correct? That's right. Sass Boss. I have been told a few times that I'm a little sassy, <laughs> so I kind of embraced it and ran with it. Right on. Um, so, I mean, how do you... We, we've talked before uh through messenger um i don't know I, I found you somewhere and i listened to your podcast and uh then i, I think i reached out to you and uh we kind of talked and we haven't talked uh since then but i've i've been wanting to get you on my show because you do have a story to tell and uh why don't you go ahead and uh, tell our listeners who you are and and, and what you what, what what your message is I'm so honored to be here, Sean. I really appreciate the invite. And I love your podcast. I love who you get on. Uh, you know, you stand for a great message and you want to help people, which is what I'm about. And my story, uh, it, it is boiled down to me wanting to help people. It's got me to this point because I have experienced a lot in life, just as we all do. And something I've learned is that uh, we, we've all got our challenges. And some I've, I've noticed some people say, well, I've got it so hard. You know, your challenges don't compare to mine. Where we all are equal is that when we go through the hardest thing we've ever experienced, we've both gone through the hardest thing we've ever experienced. There is no comparison to feeling that way. So the hardest thing I've ever experienced, um, it keeps changing. I keep going through the hardest thing I've ever experienced, but I've noticed that every single challenge that I've experienced, I can choose to respond the way I want to. And I I try my hardest to always choose to respond in a way that allows for growth, expansion of my perspective, and so that I can enter people's worlds with greater understanding. Because something I've learned is that this game that we're playing in life, it's all about people. It's all about relationships and connection. Without it, we're lost. Without it, we have no love. Without it, we have no opportunity. Without it, we have no brainstorming for greater ideas and an expansion of the world. So if there's anything that I want to take from all the challenges that I've experienced is that I can expand my perspective and awareness of other people's challenges because we're all going through them. Yeah, that that's you're absolutely right. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, what, what's hard for me may not be hard for you. What's hard for, you know, the next person may not be hard for me, but I mean, we're still experiencing it in our own head, in our own, in our own world. And so whatever, whatever that is for you, I mean, that's, you know, that, that's your truth and no, nobody can take your truth away from you. Yeah, and they can judge it all they want and they can compare it to themselves, but that's on them. It doesn't change how I respond and what I focus on. And another thing I've learned is we only have control over two things in life, what we focus on and how we respond. Those are the only two things we have control over. And uh, I've spent so many years of my life trying to control everything and finding out many times that I don't have control over things. Uh, life has twists and turns and curveballs. Um, I think we're all experiencing one major one right now that nobody called for, no one expected. And so many people in the world right now are kind of lost because they didn't expect it, but they, they had their plans and they expected things to go a certain way. And it's, it's going far from it right now. Um, so I'm just, I'm trying to help 
people see the light, the beauty, and adapt to this crazy change we're all experiencing. Yeah, it is definitely a crazy change. Um, I, I, you know, I'd been toting probably for the last since uh, October, maybe a little bit earlier than that. That you know, we're we're headed for a for a economic downturn. It, it's going to happen. I know it is. I've you know, I, I looked at the you know the last since the Great Depression, how many uh, you know how many recessions that we've been in. What the, what the distance was in between it and the most up to this point have been like 10 years. 10 years was the longest stretch. And I, I can't remember what the, what the years were, but, um, and this one, like we were, we went past 10 years and I think we almost went into 11 and some change maybe or close to 11. So I'm like, Oh, it's going to happen. It's got to happen, you know, cause everything it, it's, it, we repeat, we repeat, you know, we're, it, this is a cyclical, uh, world we live in, you know, everything is in cycles, seasons, you know, everything comes back around at some point. Yeah. The only constant is change, right? So, uh, the people who don't prepare for it end up scatterbrained during these times. And I mean, I myself, uh, didn't see this coming obviously. And I didn't prepare mentally. I'm adapting as I go, but it, it would have been much nicer if I, I thought to myself, okay, it's been over 10 years. Something is about to happen. Maybe I should mentally prepare myself for something different, um, which, which would have made it a lot easier. And there's a lot of fear going on right now. And all something I've learned that um, I, I'm someone who gives. I'm a servant. I like to serve people. Like, I like to um, give knowledge, serve insight, uh, help people grow, be their best self. And right now, the type of leadership I can offer has shifted me giving insights is not as effective as being a leader in helping people smile right now. Right now, people just need some assurance that life will be okay. Not that they need to grow their business or that they need to do a bunch of personal development. Right now, the world just needs some reassurance that it's going to be okay and that they can smile and laugh. Whether the world is crazy right now or not, you can still smile. You can still dance. You can still be happy if you choose to be. Yeah, I, you know, you're not you're not alone in that either. I I see a lot of people uh, that are in the uh, the personal development space. Uh, a friend of mine, Amy Barsky, shout out Amy Barsky. Um, you know, she's doing the same thing. She's offering free, you know, having free offerings, Zoom uh, meditations, and introduction to meditations, and and all of these other things that you know aren't really focused on what she normally does, but it's like, she realizes that, you know, people are in a situation and, and, you know, Hey, what can I do to not enrich myself, but use what I have, which has enriched myself to enrich other people at this time. And it's so beautiful to see people stepping up like that. Um, and I'll shout her out too, because if that's what she's doing, then we're on the same wavelength and same page. And, Something that uh, is actually really beautiful about what's happening is the, the unity. No one in the world right now is not going through the same thing. We all are. It doesn't matter what color your skin is, what religious beliefs you have. It doesn't matter if you're, uh, what your academics are. We are all experiencing the exact same thing. And we're going through change and uncertainty and darkness. So to see the people stepping up, um, even though they might themselves be afraid, uh, and living in uncertainty, but knowing that they have something they can give to help unite people in happiness and smiling in assurance that this too shall pass. 
it feels really good to see. Um, on Facebook, I've got tons of people who are just here to share positivity and it warms my heart. And that's what I choose to focus on. Otherwise, I would maybe focus on the news. And the news right now is not a happy place. Um, there's so many things I could focus on that would bring me down, that would cause anxiety and fear. But I choose to focus on the beauties, the new opportunities, the people who are uniting. That is my focus. And that's what's keeping me in a great mode of, of giving and serving because I choose to focus on something that um, is cohesive with giving and serving and happiness. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, we need more people like that. We need more people that are willing to, you know, put our differences aside and, 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 you know, not, I mean, at some point where it's going to come back around and we'll be back to normal again as normal, whatever that may look like. I don't know the social distancing they're talking about, you know, two years, 2022 will be social distancing. Um, and, uh, there's a bunch of different numbers out there, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you can't, you can't watch the news. The, the news is just sensationalizing it and, and not really helping anything. I mean, it's giving you a little bit of information, but I mean, to, to have the constant, uh, cases, deaths, cases, deaths, cases, deaths, cases, deaths. I mean, that's all, that's all you're seeing. And it's yeah. no wonder everybody's freaking out. And it's creating a, um, a big me versus them movement or an us versus them. It's like we're the people who are still trying to hold on to our rights and go out and meet a friend. And we're the people that think you're wrong for doing that. And you stay inside and don't meet one friend. And there's, there's a lot of this us versus them mentality. And I, I, I do find myself falling into that trap once in a while. And it's like, stop, stop. There's no us versus them. Um, I find myself judging judgmental people. <laughs> that makes sense. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, wait, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing the same thing. And I got to, we got to check ourselves. It's a great time for self-reflection because nobody's being perfect right now. No one knows what's right or wrong. Truly. Um, we're all just trying to operate within this, this crazy world and, you know, take care of each other and be happy. So when someone's operating out of fear, sometimes I got to remind myself that that's not usually who they are. And they might be judgmental right now, but me judging their judgmentalness is also me being judgmental. So I got I, I find myself reminding myself to, to step back, take inventory, remind myself that I'm not perfect either. They're not perfect. And if I could help in one way, it would be to help people try and avoid that us versus them mentality. Yeah, for sure. You know, funny, a funny, uh, image came into my head. Uh, the other day I was talking to my ex, uh, right now I'm, I'm helping, uh, we co-parent and she's on, uh, she's working from home. And obviously when you have a toddler, you know, you know what that's like, uh, she's not getting any work done. So I like after the, the second day she tried to do it, she's like, dude, you're not doing anything. You know, you're sitting, you're sitting in your trailer with doing whatever it is you do. Uh, you know, can you come and help? at least occupy her while, so I can work. And then, you know, you don't have to pay for child support or childcare, uh, instead. And so I was like, yeah, okay. And so we were doing that. But what I was thinking, what I was thinking is this reminds me, I mean, like I have this, this thought in my head about, you ever see that movie? Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, invasion of the body snatchers. No, I've heard of it though. Okay. So these people, they walk around, right. And somehow, people know like like the ones that have been uh invaded and is, is the aliens inside of them or whatever it is is inside of them and they're walking around and the people that aren't once they uh once they do something there's something that they do that that triggers off that oh you're not one of you're you're 
you haven't been turned yet. And they all come out and they start, they start hissing at them. Right. And, uh, this is, I mean, it's a, I, I feel like, you know, we're, we, I hope we don't go down this road where it's, you know, uh, you're, you're going and, and you're like somebody, like I could just, I could just see this. So I go over to somebody's house and we're all supposed to be social distancing and the neighbor pops out spreader. You're a spreader. <laughs> you know what I mean? Call, call. I don't know. I've, it's like a different planet. It's like there's a, cause I don't recognize my, my own friends, some of my own friends. I don't recognize them cause they're, they're coming out with different beliefs, um, spreading different ideals. And it's like, I don't even know who they are anymore. And again, that's, that's me judging sometimes, but I get, yeah, it seems very alien. It's like we're on a different planet and you know, it's hard not to wonder how to prepare for this. Like that, that doomsday prepper show must be getting great ratings right now. Right. I mean, I'm single. And this is forced celibacy. It sucks. <laughs> I'm with you there. My my boyfriend lives in Florida. I can't even go see him. Yeah, I'm like this is this is this is bull, and I I can't even you know because where I live is a uh, I mean well I probably I'm not I. I wouldn't do this anyways, just because I'm in with my, anybody who I'm connected with, you know what I mean? I go and see my daughter and my, and my, and my ex. So I don't want to really put them at risk if there is any risk that's out there. Um, I mean, I know this is a real thing, but it just doesn't, it's real. It just doesn't feel real. Okay. I'm going to say that Other, aside from what we see on the news and everything else, it's like, I don't, Nobody around me has it. I mean, I'm hearing about it, but you know, until it, it hits home, it doesn't feel real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to know how to operate right now. Um, I keep finding myself having to recalibrate and reevaluate how I move forward, how I operate, um, you know, what kind of content I put out. I'm big on social media. I just wrote my, my first book and it's like, what content do I put out right now that can add value to people? And uh, I find myself sometimes having to step back and going, okay, hold on, rethink this, um, take your inventory. What do I do right now that's actually going to benefit people? If I'm putting out specific ideals that would have worked before, they're not working right now. You know, people are resistant. There's, there's like all these crazy blocks. And, you know, it's funny because I don't like talking about what's happening right now. And I find myself right now we're do- talking about it on this podcast, but uh there's, there is a lot to learn in this and growth. And, uh, you know, it's always within challenge that we, we find out who we really are. True colors come out. Um, our, our growth is accelerated in challenge. If it was easy, we wouldn't be growing. We would just be operating. Um, so I do find that right now is an amazing and excellent and profound opportunity for growth and change within ourselves. So I just wish to help people through that process. Um, which is is part of what I do with my, my book. Um, in my book, I talk a lot. It, the book's title is called "Not Born This Way." So the the message of the book is how I grew into who I am by not defining myself by who I was. I define myself by who I'm becoming. Um, and this this time in in age um, is a great time to think about who am I becoming, not. Who am I right now or who was I in the past? How can I be better? How can I become the person I want to become instead of thinking that I I am doomed to be what I am right now? 
How can I grow? How can I be better? The only way to get there is by knowing who you want to become. Otherwise, you don't have, if you don't have a target, you're not going to hit it. You're just going to kind of take what comes. So in the book, I talk a lot about how I used to live a very different life, a very different past, and I decided to become who I wanted to become. I grew up um, in a very low-income household, and it kind of seemed like because my mom was working really hard, and she was a single mom before, and she worked really, really hard, but the harder she worked, the more she just survived instead of thrive. And that was a weird message for me to, to see is like, doesn't matter what happens. Are we stuck being poor? Are we stuck in that position? And I didn't want that. I wanted to give my kids a different life. So I grew up thinking, okay, I want to take control of my, my income. I want to be under more control. My mom ended up with a, an abusive um, boyfriend for 11 years. And we would end up leaving after certain abuse. We would go to a woman's shelter and she would end up going right back to him. And I would ask, mom, why are we going back to him? And her response was always, I don't have enough money to leave him. So if if we leave him, we could end up on the streets, which I'm only doing this so that you guys are taken care of. So there's a roof over your head. So there's food in your bellies and there's clothes on your back. And that was another massive realization that I never wanted to be um, needing and, and dependent of a man to take care of me or my family. So I decided to define myself by who I wanted to become. Growing up, I saw all these moments where it's like, I want to redefine, you know, what our family situation is and who I am. So I define myself as I'm independent. I am financially free. I am a, 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 a catalyst for change and growth. And I started to change. I started to become that slowly, but surely. Um, in fact, I've changed so much about myself, uh, including my own gender, <laughs> or at least what people saw. So I've been slapped with a label because I grew up in a very different body and I expressed very differently. Um, the label that I really avoid using because I don't define it by myself as transgender, and I don't consider that to myself. I am who I am, and there's so much better um, ways to define who I am. I am uh, an amazing, loving, caring mother. I am bubbly and social. I am positive, I'm outgoing, I'm driven, I am ambitious, I'm friendly. I am here for people and I am loyal. Those are labels that I will gladly accept the other one is not. It just it doesn't define me. But um, that to be said, I wasn't. I was born that way, but I wasn't born this way because I define. I, I decided to define myself by who I am. The whole message of the book and the message of this challenge we're going through right now is that we can rewrite our story. We hold the pen. We are the creators, and we have the power. And I, I want to remind everyone that they have that power. Don't let yourself be powerless to change growth, development, expansion, evolution. We hold, we hold the pen. We have that power. And I don't want anyone to forget that. Write your story. Don't doom yourself by defining yourself with what a label might be slapped on your forehead by society or by your parents or by your siblings or by your peers. Just because they tell you you're something, that's a reflection of them. It's not a reflection of you. So... I went through a lot of crap. I'm not saying it's easy to be authentic and to rewrite your story. Far from it. It can be, it can be very challenging. But is it rewarding? Is it worth the challenge of redefining your story? Saying, you know, I don't want what I have now. I want better because I deserve it and I'm worthy of it. Is it easy? No. No, it's not easy. I'll, I'll tell you right now. I've gone through many hardships, many challenges, many um, – uh, I've gone through ridicule. I've gone through um, abandonment. 
all kinds of things that sucked. And, you know, I cried myself to sleep many, many times. Uh, I've gone through the hardships, the, the, what do you call it? The gauntlet, the gauntlet of chain. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, it's totally worth it. I currently am the happiest I've ever been. I'm in a time of major uncertainty, thriving with three at-home businesses that are all booming. I'm changing lives. I'm adding value. I'm here for people. I'm doing things for people. I'm donating to charities. I'm in a life that I'm so happy and proud to live. And something that I brought up at the very beginning is that we all go through challenges. And one example that really drove that home for me was um, I was a top earner in my previous network marketing company. And we all went on this leadership retreat. And we were asked to do these things called vision splats, where instead of just building a vision board, we actually wrote down all kinds of things that defined future us, the things we wanted, the things we were, um, what we did, how we gave back, all these things. And when it came down to time to everyone sharing that with the group, every single person started talking about their past because they wanted to say why they wanted to be this person. And every single person's why came from a hardship, challenge, or struggle, or trauma that they had experienced in the past. So all of these successful people, successful business people in network marketing that have created massive change for their themselves and for their families and for the lives they're touching started to talk about major traumas and about 95% of them guys included started to ball because this was very serious because every single person in that room who was successful had experienced major disadvantage, major setbacks, major roadblocks, major pain. We all, we've all experienced pain, all of us serious pain, different pain. There's, there's so many different types of pain, but we've all experienced it in some way, shape or form. The difference between someone who's living their mediocre life and accepting it and someone who has um, become successful is that they keep getting back up. They don't accept that as their definition. They take that mess and they turn it into their message and they create a superpower out of it. They say, this is my disadvantage and they turn it into their advantage. And that was the similarity in, that made everyone in that, in that room equal. And they were all successful. I took major note of that. These successful people have all experienced pain, hardships, traumas, and they turn their mess into their message, their disadvantage into their advantage, their disempowerment into their superpower. And that's what, what I talk about in my book and how anyone can do it. Anyone, whoever's listening to this, here is your reminder that you have superpowers and they are not what you think. Your superpowers are what you used to consider disempowering and, and disadvantages. Those are your superpowers. And when you learn to be vulnerable and share that with the world, you will see your life change in magical and miraculous ways. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of that falls into what you just said was uh, authenticity, you know, being authentic. And it isn't easy. It's not easy to bare your soul and tell everybody your, your secrets. You know what I mean? That really, that's what it comes down to. You're, you know, cause we all, you know, not we all, but like, I'll just use myself for example. I've had, you know, a lot of different, uh, uh, character defects. I've had a lot of, you know, listened to my show, some of my episodes, you know, I was, wasn't a very nice person. Um, you know, just things that, that, 
would hide in my head in the dark corners and the recesses back in my mind. And the reason why I am so open about how I was, uh, one to help other people, but two to, it's hard to, it's hard to hide when people know your shit. You know what I mean? And so like, you know, it lets, I, sometimes when I'm, when I'm dating, I'm, I'll, I'll send somebody to my first episode and I'll, I'll say, Hey, you know what? Maybe you, maybe you go over there and check that episode out and and then come back and talk to me. Cause you may not want to, you may not want to be with somebody who's been to prison or, or this or that. And I think it's fair for me to send you there first instead of getting you hooked and, and, you know, sprung on me. And then, you know, you come to find out that, Oh, well this, yeah, I, I don't really, I don't really accept that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, and, and it, and also it, it really helps to, to, uh, cut the time, cut time down. It's like, here, go listen to that. And, you know, if, if you still like me after that, then, then, then we can talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something I considered a curse was when I told the world my truth only five years ago, I had a lot of friends well-respected. I had a very big circle and about 98% of them left and bailed on me. Close friends, best friends, they all bailed. And I was considering that a curse, like this is a curse and you know, I'm stuck with it and I've lost everything because of it. I've later found out that it's, it's a blessing when you become, when you step into your power and your truth and you're authentic and people who you thought loved you show their true colors and don't accept you. And you realize their love was not unconditional. It was conditional love. They only loved you because you fit into their box. When you start to notice those types of friends leaving, that's the trash taking itself out. And I've been blessed to have the trash take itself out. There's a lot of people right now who know, and I, you know, I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm a, a reprogramming coach, basically like a different form of a life coach. And I get a lot of my clients say, you know, I've got this cousin, I've got this spouse, I've got this whatever that don't accept something about me. They, they are toxic when I talk about my business, when I talk about this. And I was never put in a position where I had to make a decision on letting them into my life or removing them. My trash took itself out. So in that, I've found a blessing. And it's a reminder that you can find a blessing in everything if you choose to. And I chose to, and, and I see it, and it's beautiful. It's a crazy world out there. And I just, I want to be surrounded by people who are empowering, encouraging, uplifting, and positive. And uh, this, this stepping into my authenticity, which was very hard in the beginning, has proved to be such a massive blessing. Again, I'm the most successful I've ever been. And before my, my transition, we'll say, um, I owned a house. I owned a business that I ran for six years. And everything still felt like a fight. It was like I had to hide who I truly was um, and everything. It was There was so much frustration being built up because I, I couldn't be authentic. I couldn't create true friendships because nobody truly knew me. So when you step into your authenticity and you start showing the world, hey, this is who I am, and it might not even be a big deal. Like for me, it was a bit of a big shift to the world's perspective on me. Um, But it could be like, hey, you know what? I'm actually a geek and I love video games or I love cosplay (laughs) or, you know, and I've heard this from some people. I'm actually quitting alcohol and all their alcoholic friends don't accept them anymore. And I've, I've seen people with that. All of a sudden, your crew that you rolled with don't relate with you and they don't accept you. 
even though you still accept them, but they don't accept you because you went to a different phase of your life. So I see a lot of that and it sucks for the first part, but then you start to surround yourself with people who don't care about whatever box that you were put in before or whatever box you put yourself in now, the love becomes more unconditional. Yeah. I, th- I think uh, as we, cause not everybody, not everybody, not everybody out there can experience what, what we experience. Okay. Uh, there's not a lot of people out there that want to take a look at themselves and, you know, cause they might be afraid of what they see. You know, I think there, I think there's a, a big portion of that, you know, just kind of like how we ignore some of the things that are happening in our government or, you know, we, we know that, yes, I know the government's ripping me off and, you know, they're corrupt and, and this and that, but I mean, you know, what can I do? I just, you know, I, I, I have a, I have a new thing I need to buy. So I mean, that's more important to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? We just kind of, and, and I think it's the same way when it comes to, um, having to take a look at your own behaviors, uh, and, and, you know, things that you do that may not, may not be, uh, serving to yourself or other people. And some of the best things that, that you can do for yourself is that once you, you know, where get outside of yourself, help, help somebody else, you know what I mean? Do something for somebody else. And that, that immediately always, no matter what, no matter what I'm going through, what, what shit that I'm allowing to, to be in my head and, and, and make me crazy. Uh, when I step away from me and I get into somebody else, it goes away, you know, You're so right. It, it, it's gone. Yeah. So whatever my problem was, I'm like, eh, I guess it probably wasn't that bad anyways. And we have a tendency to magnify our situations straight up, you know, and I, I, I had, I did a, I had a, a situation where I did something and I blew it up in my mind that it was this horrible thing. And I, okay, I'm talking to this person about it, talking to this person about it. And almost is like, all right, well, I've, I've just given this thing so much energy and I don't even know if that's actually what, what the outcome was going to be. You know what I mean? I just, ha- I just let my mind run run with it. Oh my God, this is going to happen. And then this is going to happen. And then what am I going to do when I, when this happens? And I, 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 Oh my God. And then I took a step back and I'm like, you, but you don't know what's going to happen because you haven't even told the person that you think is going to, that is going to cause this whole chain reaction. <laughs> and so if, you're, you're making, we're, we're help- sorry, we're, we're hell bent on defending our perspective. Um, it's funny because like I'm a coach and I coach coaches and I have coaches and my coaches have coaches. So, uh, you know, it's, we're all being coached. And it was my coach that the other day, um, put this out there that we get hell bent on just defending our perspective and other people have other perspectives. And all of a sudden there's an argument between two people and all the argument is about is defending each other's perspective. This is my perspective. Why can't you see it this way? What, this is my perspective. Why can't you see it this way? And we go in a circle. It doesn't matter which words are used. It all comes down that to the, to the fact that we just feel that we need to defend our perspective. This is what I see. This is what I hear. That's why I feel this way. That's why I'm freaking out. Da, 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 da. Why don't you understand? And then they'll go back and say, but this is my perspective. This is what I see. This is how I feel. This is what I hear. 
And usually no one gets anywhere. And it's really hard to find common ground when two people are just so hell-bent on defending their perspective. And it really put things into perspective for me. Um, and I, I look at all the arguments that I've ever gotten into, and it really does come down to just me being so hell-bent on defending why I felt the way I felt. And then it's like, so how can I avoid that? It's like, well, respect their perspective. Let them know your perspective and say, this is just, I felt this way because of this. You don't have to understand it. I'm just telling you, this is why I feel that way. If you don't understand, it's because you have a different perspective and I can respect that. There's, there's, it, it, there's common ground found when you realize that that's what any argument is based on, defending perspective. No, that's true. I mean, that's why when you think about, uh, you know, you have an you argument with your significant other, when you telescope out from it and you actually think about what, what it was it that we were actually arguing about, it was probably something really stupid and didn't even have anything to do with that in itself. It had to do with, with, uh, you know, I hurt your feelings a month ago and I still haven't apologized for, it, or I don't understand your side. I don't understand what your perspective on, on, on what that was and, and the reason why it upset you and why your feelings got hurt. And all you're looking for is validation of your feelings. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and so, and, and I'm not seeing it. So it's, yeah, it's, there's just so much that's it within that in itself. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a lot of what's going on right now. You know, um, people, the, that whole us versus them thing, um, us is saying, this is my perspective. This is why you should do this. And them is saying, but this is my perspective and this is why you should do this. So again, us versus them, it's my perspective versus your perspective and my perspective's right. No, my perspective's right. Yeah. It's, it's not about right or wrong. It's just about different, uh, perspective. So I, uh, I, I've, I'm trying to keep myself away from judgment because of that reason, because we all have different perspectives and you can't not respect someone's perspective because that's just how they see the world. We all create our own different map of reality through what we've experienced, through the type of learning we accept better. Some people learn better with what they hear. Some people learn better with what they see. Some people learn better with what they feel. And based on that, we create different maps of realities. We all see reality differently. That's how two people can watch the same movie and come out of it with a different message. When you, when you realize that, it's like, okay, well, if we have two different maps of reality, we, we see things two different ways with two different perspectives, then how are you going to find common ground in an argument? Because you're defending the way you see things when this person's defending the way they see things and they both don't see things that way. Yeah, yeah. I know a big problem where I had an issue with, uh, with my ex is that we were, we were raised differently, you know, and that, and that plays a big part too in how, in how you're raised as a kid and the way that you see things. And it's like, we, we were so far, we were so far apart in, in how we, we saw stuff and, uh, you know, and, and that, that people, man, people are, people are messy. Yeah. And then we create expectations, right? Because, you know, if, if you grew up a certain way, you know, that if you, um, you know, you interact with your parents a certain way. You knew that if you cried or whined, they would accommodate to it. But some other children, if they cried or whined, they would get punished for it. So you, you grow up with these expectations. And um, something I've learned from Tony Robbins is if you trade expectation for appreciation, you're going to live a much more fulfilling and happy life. Um, when we put expectations on people and they don't live up to those expectations, we get super disappointed. Yeah. So 
it, the, the, the more we can try to not put these expectations on people and just exp- uh, appreciate them where they're at, meet them where they're at, the easier life will be. Uh, you know, again, we all go through crazy stuff. I mean, if, if you do decide to read my book, you'll see that I had, um, I, I dealt with drugs, I dealt with violence and abuse, I dealt with, you know, a major shift in my whole world, I dealt with failure, I dealt with success and then failure, I, I dealt with all kinds of mistakes, shame and guilt. I mean, stuff we all go through in one way or another. Um, but I decided to create myself the way I wanted without expectation. So I realized that a lot of the stuff that I went through was because I had certain expectations. I expected certain change. I expected people to react a certain way. And that caused uh, disappointment and misery and, you know, being depressed. And we can all change. We can all change. We can all write our story. Again, that's, that's really the message of, of what my whole existence is for, um, let alone not just my book, but my existence is to empower people to write their story and remind them that no matter what you have gone through, no matter what disadvantages you have, no matter what hardships and traumas you've experienced, you can pick up that pen and you can rewrite and redefine your coming chapters by deciding who do you want to be and where do you want to go? You cannot hit a goal if you don't have one. So pick something. Be, stand for something. Give back. There's a reason why everyone I talk to, when I ask them about their purpose in life, it's always about giving back. It's always about helping people because we love what it does. And like you were saying, it takes us out of our own selfish head and our own ego. Like how can we satisfy our ego? And instead we, we give back to others and it's so fulfilling. It's so fulfilling. So if you know you have a gift that can help people, if you put energy into that, you'll live a fulfilling life. It's not all about money. It's not all, all about cars and houses. It's not even all about um, finding a husband or a wife who loves you and understands you. It's about how can you give? When you realize how much you have to offer and you see what it does for the world, it lights your soul on fire. It makes you... Realize why you're here. And I think that's, uh, that would be you know, the main message I always want to give people is to, to rewrite your story and give. Give more. Give, give yourself. Give to yourself. Give yourself, but also give to yourself. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a good message. Um, I, I, can re- I, I can relate to, to uh, you, know, you um, because my, I, I'm my brother or my sister now, uh, I have a sibling that's, uh, trans and it was my brother and, and now, um, she's my sister, Tiffany. Uh, and she works with a lot of, uh, AIDS patients way back in, you know, when AIDS was a big thing in San Francisco, you know, she was working, uh, in the, in the public health sector, uh, dealing with a lot of the, the trans individuals there that were, uh, you know, cause it, a, a lot of them aren't, aren't as lucky as you. You know, aren't as are lucky as, you know, that you didn't, you know, they're in order to make money doing what they want. They can't afford their, you know, all the stuff that goes along with it. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I do understand that, you know, there's a lot of prostitution that goes on, uh, you know, for, with some of these individuals, you know, that that's what they got to do to make, make a, make a living. And so she kind of like helped with all of that. And now she's in the, uh, in part of the, the LGBT caucus, uh, in our state of California and the legislation and working up in uh, Sacramento. 
but yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was, it was different. Uh, you know, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't understand it. That's the whole thing, you know, and when you don't understand something, what usually you fear it, you know what I mean? For sure. And so and I, I don't understand myself either. If, if that makes you feel any better, I don't know why this happened. I can't, I can't quantify any reason. I, I can't say I was brainwashed. It was, I was born this way. Um, and I was not born this way. That's why the title that I made for my book, it's not in parentheses, not born this way. But uh, something that I, I would say to anyone who is stuck in trying to understand it, it's not about understanding it. Um, and I know you, I, I'm assuming you've already figured that out because there's no way to understand it. It's just about support. If you love someone, you don't need to understand them. Um, and that was a lesson for me as well because I wanted to understand why I had the thoughts I had and I, I never came up with anything and it freaked me out. It scared me. Um, but I choose, I, I don't want to be scared. I want to live in love and not live in fear. Cause if I live in fear and I make decisions based on fear, then I live a life that I fear. But if I live a life or if I make decisions based on love, if my decisions stem from a, a place of love, then I create a life I love. And that's, that's, that was the the difference between before and now, I used to create a lot of or take, make decisions based on fear, my fear of who I was, fear on how people would react to who I was, uh, fear on what would happen if I shared my truth, fear, 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 fear. And I hated my life. I feared it. And then I started to make decisions based on love, love for myself, love for others, love for my family. And now I love my life. That's no coincidence. And it, it does not have to be understood. Um, and that, that was a hard one for me to grasp, to not need to understand every single thing in life. And we're humans. We're especially achievers. We're control freaks. We want to take control of everything we can. Um, I was told a long time ago, you can't make someone act the way you want them to act. You can't always do that as you're trying to take control. What you can do is, is realize what world you're living in and operate within it. Stop. You, you don't want to change everything. That's the beauty of everything is that it's different and that it's not under your control. But you can learn to operate within the world. And you know when you do, when you just say, okay, well, this is, this, is, this is the world. And it's crazy. And I don't understand it. I don't know what's going on. But I do know that I have control over what I focus on and how I respond. And I'm going to operate within that. I focus on who I'm becoming. I'm focused on how I can change the world. And I'm going to show up at my best. I'm going to show up with love in my heart, with understanding and acceptance. And I'm going to show up realizing that I make mistakes. I'm not perfect. But I can learn from my mistakes. And I can grow. And I can accept responsibility for my mistakes, for maybe saying something that could have hurt someone and, and you know, not judging them for the way they reacted to my mistake. Yeah, <laughs> right? Right. I think a lot of us tend to do that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I think one of the, one of the things that I, I think that's uh, for the, for a family member of a, a trans individual who's come out and you know, this is what your truth is. Um, and from this moment on, th that person is no longer, no longer here this is the new person. This is who I am going forward. And this is who I want to be recognized as. Um, I think the difference when it's a family member is you don't. So when, when, it, when we lose somebody, usually it's, you know, it's a, it's a death. Right. And that's, 
essentially what's happening. You know, it's a, it's a death of this person that we know because it's no longer going to be here. And it's the rebirth of, of somebody else, uh, who's, who now we have to get to know because for 18 years, I, I knew you as over here, even though there was things that I, I under, I saw stuff. I knew, you know, what, when you live with some, like there were things that I would notice when I was a kid and I just like, hmm, that's weird. But now looking back at it, it's like, oh, okay, I get it. That makes sense now. Um, and so. Doesn't I, make it any easier. The transition happens within you guys too. Like my mom and my sister, it was hard on them, yeah. right? They're supportive. They love me, but it wasn't easy because there was a change. It was like, I came in and took away their son. It's like, there was like almost a blame and a resentment on me, not that they, they had subconsciously. It wasn't that they were choosing it, but I could feel it. It's like, I came in and took away my, my mom's son and my sister's brother. So I'm not in their shoes and I can't understand it. That's where I had to sometimes realize that if I was hurt by some of their actions and them not understanding my perspective, it wasn't because they didn't love me. And of course I would slap that onto any definitions like, Oh, it's because they don't love me. They don't accept me. No, they're just the processing. They're having a hard time. I've never lived in their shoes and they've never lived in mine. So we can't understand each other's perspective. All we can know is that it's hard. Understanding it might not happen, but we are there for each other and we love each other and we support each other. That is something we can choose. We can choose to focus on, you know what? My sibling is still here and I love them no matter what. And I'm going to show up with love. And I, it's not just about sibling. It's, it's, it's my view too. It's how I have to, because their reactions to my change aren't always ideal or they weren't. Anyways, it took them a while to get to this point where the, everything's accepted. But, you know, f I'm assuming that your sister probably reacted negatively to some uh, of the ways that you guys responded to this whole change, which again is understandable on both parts. It's just really hard. It's difficult to find common ground and understand something we both don't understand. Yeah. I, I well, for me, it was, I mean, it, it was understanding what, <coughs> what, uh, I didn't get a chance to even grieve the loss of, of you. You know what I mean? I, there, I didn't get to process it. I didn't get to, uh, to, I mean, you were my big brother. You know what I mean? I looked up to you and, and not, not that, that I can't look up to you still, but it's like, man, I didn't even get to grieve the, the, the death of this person over here. And you're, you're wanting us to accept you, the new person over here. And there was a lot of not understanding on, on, on that part as well. Like, Hey, because you don't look at it that way. You don't look at it as, cause you're still here. It's not, like I'm still me, but I'm not me, you know? Yeah. And, like, and, and you guys I have, I want to say this cause it's, it's really interesting because I have memories of my family and they don't have memories of me. That's weird. Yeah, exactly. And so that process, that's, that's where, that's where the, uh, that's where the roadblock gets, you know what I mean? That's where the log jam is right there because there's, there's, okay, where, where do we go with this? <laughs> what, what do I do with this? You know what I mean? I, I like this person and I can't hang out with them no more. You know what I mean? I can't go play 
you know, ball with you, like or basketball the way we used to, you know, it, it's, I mean, I guess you could, but, um, I, it's just, it was just, it was different, but I mean, it's all good now. I mean, we go to family functions. We, every week we're on, on zoom doing a face thing and you know, he's got, or she's got, uh, that right there is what gets me in trouble a lot. That gets me in trouble a lot. Cause it, I, I'm still, I still trip over that. You know what I mean? And I've caught myself saying the, what do they, what do they call There's a name for that. Dead naming, dead, dead naming, dead dead naming. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? And it's like, it's difficult not to, because all of my memories that I have of you are uh, him. You know what I mean? So when I'm thinking of inside, sometimes I, I slip it, uh, family functions, but not maliciously, you know, it's just, it just, yeah, it just happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, we're, we're, we're great now. I mean, not that we weren't, I just, it was just a, it was just a, a, a different, it was a transition. Challenge. Yeah. It was a challenge. Yeah. I mean, it's, and I, who know? I mean, I don't, I, I'm not in, I'm not in, in anybody's head who, who feels that way. So I, I have no idea what it could be like, just like you have no idea what, you know, my situations could be like, but. Right. right. Exactly. Like your, your sister doesn't know what it's like to go through what you're going through because she hasn't. She didn't have to lose a brother to someone who that brother actually was, but never was in front of them. Like it's, I, I can respect that perspective because I've never lived it. So I don't know what it's like. And it took me a bit because I would get really offended if, if someone in my family uh, dead named me or used the wrong pronoun. And I had to keep reminding myself, I don't know what they're going through. I don't know how hard it is. It's not because they don't want to, because I'm assuming it's not that you don't want to accept her the way she is with love, compassion, acceptance, understanding. You're just used to something else. And it's, you know, you're dealing with your, you're processing with a lot on your plate, just like she is. So I know it's not malicious. And I had to, I have to remind myself, just like you have to remind yourself that, you know, we're both, we're on different playing fields. We have different perspectives and defending each other's perspectives. is not going to get you anywhere. It's just about love and acceptance of where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's really what, what it, what it boils down to. Um, and I, I don't even, I don't even like, it's not even a thought anymore. And even when I, when I hear about other people, I mean, it's like, it's not a big deal. You know, it's look, everything changes, everything evolves, you know, what's, what's normal today, tomorrow probably may not be, you know, seriously. I mean, it's just, that's just how, how, how life is, you know, clearly, (laughs) clearly, (laughs) you you have to, you have to be willing and, and able to adapt. You know, yeah. Well, or, welcome to 2020. Yeah, right. <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be a whole lot better, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I had such high hopes. I had such high hopes for the even the even numbered year. Yeah. Well, you still can. You still can. You you hold the pen. You are the creator. You write your story. Oh yeah, that's why I'm doing this right now. It's like I'm like, all right. Well, I better take the time to build my, you know, because I, I had taken a little bit of a break, you know, because I went back to work and you know my job's pretty pretty demanding in, in construction. So this this took a back seat, but now I was able to uh, like re reinvigorate my my passion for it, you know, and go forward and. Dude, I've gotten so many interviews just because nobody else is doing anything. So it's like, yeah, sure. Let's go. Let's talk. 
Yeah, I was really, really happy to hear that you wanted me on, on your show. And, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to see people still operating with intention of helping people. So I really appreciate that. And I, uh, my hypothetical hat is off to you. <laughs> right on. I appreciate that. Um, so is there anything, uh, anything else that you want to, uh, put out there? You want to, we're, we're at about an hour right now. Um, why don't you go ahead and plug all your places, social media, uh, book, um, anything that you want to, uh, let people know about you. Now's the time. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can find me on Facebook. I'm Sarah Weiss, W-E-I-S-S. Uh, I'm always here for people. Um, if you've got negative comments to say, I'm just going to block it. It's not going to, don't waste your time. <laughs> um, I have currently, I'm, I'm waiting for the, the final um, edits of my book. It'll be published within the next uh, three weeks or so. So uh, to get that book, you can get a pre-sale book signed copy by me at sasbooks.com. S-A-S-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. Um, I'm also a reprogramming coach. If you need some help and some guidance in, you know, taking your life to the next level, I have all kinds of different clients from, um, you know, a guy who runs his own renovation company successfully, who just wants to live a more happy life to other coaches who are learning how to make it on social media and provide good content um, to network marketers who just want to scale their business and not take forever, I'll tell you, nobody needs a coach. I realized that one day I wanted a coach because I knew it would propel me and it would accelerate my life, my success. And it has done exactly that because three years ago, I was on welfare. When I finally decided to be vulnerable and say, you know what? I want guidance. I want a mentor. I know I'm smart. I know I'm good with people. I know I know human psychology, but I obviously don't have the recipe because if I had the recipe, I would be able to bake that success cake. And when I finally met up with my first mentor, he gave me that recipe. And within weeks, my life had changed. I just started following the recipe. And that's what I do for other people. I give them the recipe, um, whether it's from how to think differently and perceive things differently to um, scaling your business, how to operate on social media, how to build better connections. Because again, people and relationships are the key. They're the key to success. They're the key to fulfillment. They're the key to relationships. They're, they're the key to everything. So I help people with that. I help people with many different things. So if you need guidance and if you feel like I know I have greatness within me and I could do it faster than I currently am, I would love to help you. I would be more than happy to give you a free consult call where on that call, I will coach you so powerfully. You will never forget that call for the rest of your life. And I can promise you that. And if you decide to go further with me after that, I would love to. Um, and that's me. That's who I am. I'm Sarah Weiss. And uh, I'm just really, really happy I got this opportunity to share. Yeah, I'm happy we got to make this happen. We had been talking about it, I think, for we talked about it like maybe six months ago. Uh, so yeah, it finally came to uh, fruition. And I appreciate it. Uh, once I stop recording, hang out. Uh, when, after I sign off, well, I'm going to talk to you briefly for a second. Uh, so yeah, I appreciate you, Sarah. Uh, thank you. Once again, I, you know, you've got a lot of good things to say and, uh, hopefully, you know, people out there in my, and who's listening in the list, in the audience world, listening world uh, will, you know, got some, uh, out of it too. So. Thank you so much, Sean. And thank you to all your listeners, uh, sending you all so much love and so much light in these crazy times. Hang in there, pick up the pen and write your story. Much love. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. And thanks, Sarah. That was a great conversation. 
Uh, thank you for your transparency and uh, sharing your truth. All of Sarah's uh, information will be in the show notes as well as my own. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. If you have a family member or a friend that you think would benefit from listening to the show, send them on over. I'd love to have them as a listener. Don't forget to jump into the uh, Facebook group if you want to have some input on what happens here on some of these episodes. Uh, there's questions in there that I, you know, for when I have Lori coming on, my co-host for the variety portion, um, I'm asking for questions uh, that, you know, you ask and I read, we read on the, uh, on the episode and answer. And also follow me on all my social media. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and you can find links to all of that in my link tree at the bottom of the show notes. So until next time, keep it 100, stay true to yourself, everything else is just noise. Uh-huh.